What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexum Creative. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. It's all about tapping into the best versions of ourselves. Today, we've got a living legend in the building. We're actually in his building today, um, burning a couple of sticks, having some good beer, and we're going to have some great conversation. Yo, Mo. Who do we have on the show today? Today's guest is a native of Sarasota, Florida, by way of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's been cutting hair since he was 14 years old. He is the owner of the establishment we are in. The astute gentleman here at 14223 Inwood Road in Farmers Branch, zip code 75244. Everybody, please welcome the one and only Jeff, the world-class Barbara Davis, to the Vision Lab podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on in, OG. I mean, thank you for having me. Appreciate you for having me. Um, this is a uh, long time coming. Long time coming. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we gotta. We we are uh, building. building. Yeah, everybody's yeah. still building and yeah. and uh, recouping. People that are in the process were in the process of building. Had to stop for a minute. People that's been building, we all had to stop for a minute and do what we need to do, but it's been a beautiful thing. Um, I think everybody around this table has been blessed to be able, be able to still go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Cuff and I know you a little bit, but we're going to open it up for, for those who are just meeting you for the first time. Can you just give us, I mean, you got to help the story. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Um, first of all, um, wow, I, I don't even know where to start. I'm uh, I'm a barber. I've been <clears throat> been cutting hair since I was 14. I've been behind the chair since I was 14. Um, I started cutting my hair, my own hair, when I was young, probably about 10, 11, something like that. Um, grew up in Sarasota, Florida. Um, born in Milwaukee. Um, for those of that those that know me know I can't stand Milwaukee. I love Florida. Florida is home for me. Um, I've been in Texas now for 12 years. Um, this is my second barbershop. A stew gentleman is my second barbershop. Back in Milwaukee, I had a barbershop called Tight Edges. It was a sports barbershop. Um, that was that was my first barbershop. That was and haircutting has been my first love. Well, my second love because I played football as well. Um, so yeah, I've been around for a while, man, and I'm, I'm looking forward to retirement in probably about five or six years. No. Yeah, man. No, yeah. Come on, man. We're just getting started. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, I ain't just getting started. <laughs> how many barbers you? How many barbers do you know at at 50 years old can say they've been cutting for 37 years? You got a point. You got. You know, so, and and made a career out of it. So that leads to my, my, my first yeah, question. We're gonna open this thing up, right? This is the vision, man. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, and I would imagine Cup is too. When did you envision yourself owning your own Turn shop? Turn it around. Um, immediately. Um, I, I opened my own shop. Um, I, I like I like telling a little bit of history about myself. Um, I am a three-time convicted felon. Um, I, I did state and uh, pre, uh, federal time. And uh, when in, in doing during my time, um, I also cut hair, but. When I got out of the fair joint, I decided that I was gonna just continue to make a career out of cutting hair. So um, I had been cutting hair and cutting hair since, but I, I just, you know, kind of just stopped and was pursuing my football career. So um, I lost my football career when I went to the fair joint and um, decided to pursue my, my hair cutting career. Just, just doing cutting hair and, and um, doing what I needed to cut hair. Um, 
when and while I was locked up, I I said to myself, I'm going. I wrote down five things I was going to do when I got home, and opening my own barbershop in five years was a goal. I actually did it in three. So actually two. I got out in '98, and um, by 2000, I was summer of 2000. I was in my own shop. So you just mentioned obviously for three-time felt. What was your like? So you lost your football career. What was your darkest moment? Because I'm, I'm sure you know everyone who goes through this situation has some form of a, a moment of clarity, if you will. Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. Was your, what was your lowest moment? Um. Sitting there knowing that I was, it was over for me, you know, as far as football was concerned. I was sitting in the, uh, in the county jail and knew that I was on my way to prison. Um, but as I was sitting there, I knew had I not been in the position that I was in, that I would have made the team, you know, and knowing that I had been invited back for my third workout, uh, knowing that I had been, um, they had been talking to me about, you know, with my agent, you know, about signing a, a contract. They, to the extent of what contract, you know, the contract, what, what it was going to be, we didn't know yet, but I knew I was going to make the team. So, um, being, sitting there and knowing that my football career was over with was, was tough for me. And knowing, knowing, and, and you'll hear a lot of people in prison say, I ain't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. And and that's just that's just real. I went I went and did fed time for something that somebody else did. And um, Yeah, yeah. And 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 I was on I was on parole already. So when I went in to go to go do the time it was being my parole being revoked and uh, being in a federal facility you know, with a bunch of guys that had done something and I hadn't done anything. You know, it was just said, you know, it was just a rumor or it was it was the guy that actually did it. He used me as an accomplice and said, Jeff did this and Jeff did that. So they, they brought me in, questioned me and decided that they were gonna convict me as well. Okay, so you back out, how was Again, actually, you know your football career is over. Like you already know in your heart of hearts. Right. How was your adjustment back to society? Oh man. Um. For the second time in my life, at that point, I came home with nothing. So I got out with nothing, at zero. So you got to think, um, having nothing, and knowing that you're supposed to have certain things. Um, I didn't. I don't rely on people. I don't. So I had to really decide to do what it was that I was going to do. Whatever, whatever I was going to do, I was going to do it, and I was going to do it to the fullest. So everything that I decided <clears throat> to do coming out is, is what I did. And I did. I hustled, you know, and I just kept to myself. Um, I cut hair. I and. and I cut hair and I cut hair and, and everything that I did was about me cutting hair and getting ready to open my own shop. So I had to I had to grind. I, I um, didn't go back home to my mom's house. I didn't rely on other people. It was me doing what I had to do to survive. Given that you found yourself locked up at one point or something that you that you I'm sorry say you didn't do back out can you talk about the place you had to go to mentally to where you like you just said I'm no longer relying on anybody else yeah. essentially you bet on yourself yeah and, and that's that I mean I've always been that way even as a kid I've always been that way um but you know sometimes you 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 revert back to relying on other people and, and listen to other people so when I came home it was just it was literally me against the world you know, whatever I wanted to do, I did. Whatever I decided to do, I did. Whatever um, motivation I had, it was created by me. And and I knew, I had, my biggest my biggest motivation was I was pursuing custody of my son when I went in. So when I came back out, I continued that pursuit. And having my son was 
a big thing for me because I was like, nah, I know I can't go back. So knowing that I didn't want to go back and that I wasn't going to go back and I made up in my mind that I was never going back, those were my two biggest things. And, and being able to believe, have, get my strength, gather my strength from God and listen to God and know, have that relationship with God, I just, I, I kept pushing. And when you're able to keep pushing, people don't understand, when you're able to keep pushing and, and not rely on people and rely on God and yourself, nobody is better than you at what you do. And that's how I felt. Nobody could be you better than exactly. So that, that that was me, and and I've always I've always to this day I'm fifty. I'll get I'll be fifty one in August, and to this day, man, I don't rely on other folk. You know. August what? Twentieth. Okay, I'm the first. You're August the first. first. So you're like a. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo, All but you're like through. a yeah through and through. And I give it to you, you know. But you got the, the sprinkles of it because you were just kind of coming in. No. At the end, towards no. the end is when they when they poured on heavy. <laughs> We started it out. We started right. out but you started out, yeah. You I, I want to go back to uh, that moment in time, and, and I want to talk about a little bit of pain, right? Um, when when you were in the in the courtroom and you got convicted, what was that feeling like? Can you can you talk to our visionaries that are tuning in on YouTube or on Facebook um, or Instagram? What that was like that moment? Man, I'm. First of all, I, I, I consider myself a giant. I'm 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 six six. At that time I'm two thirty, two thirty-five, six six, two thirty-five. And I cried. I cried. Cause I, I'm not a I'm not one of them dudes that like I'm not an emotional dude. I don't show emotion like if unless I'm really pissed and you, but I cried. And I cried right there in the courtroom. I went Back to the cell, I cried. I think I probably could tell you that I cried about five times. You know, because you, you, when you know you're a shoe in, when you know it, this is your time, when you know that the door has opened for you to walk through, and just as you walk through, you hit bottom. That that's tough, and I I, I cried. But when I got to the federal facility in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. I had to say, okay, this is it, and, and you got to be able to pick yourself up. So while you're in, how do you um, maintain your focus on the outside world and, and having that dream crystallize? There is no outside world. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I wrote maybe five letters while I was in, and I got three responses. One of them was from my mother and two of them was from my daughter. I got four responses because my daughter's mom wrote me and um, I didn't want to visit. I just needed a little bit of money. I was going to hustle while I was there. I was cutting hair. I was doing what I needed to do to survive there stay I didn't, the and stay out the way. So I cut hair. I, um, I did a little hustle. I worked out because I even though I know my football career was over, I was going to go out and play semi-pro. So I worked out. I probably gained about five more pounds of muscle. Um, and I went home and I, and, and, and I played semi-pro football and I cut hair. So. So, now we turn the, turn the corner, right? Tight edges. Can you tell us what the thought process behind tight edges was? I mean, and and I've, I've got a follow-up to it, trust me. Tight edges, um, honestly, man, I was at I was at one of my dad. My dad's a preacher, and I was at one of his um, conventions at his church. And this homeless guy, he was doing some things for a home for homeless folks. And this homeless guy was sitting there, and and he and I were talking, just regular conversation. And he said, "So you cut hair?" I was like, "Yeah, I was, yeah, I cut hair." He said, "If you ever open a barbershop." call it tight edges and I did and and it was one of first I was the first black only black black owned barbershop on the south side of Milwaukee nobody crossed the bridge nobody decided to cross the bridge but me I crossed the bridge went to the south side of Milwaukee and 
I was the first black-owned barbershop. So Tight Edge is immediately the only game in town. The only game in town, and and the fact that I cut everybody's hair, white, Caucasians, whatever you want to call them, Indians, Hispanic, black, I cut hair. So that became the the thing. And when I when people saw that, all of the other barbershops around three barbershops around me closed within six months. And their barbershops want their barbers wanted to come work for me. So I went from me solely in eight hundred square feet. In ten months I was in two thousand square feet with twenty barbers. And it was it just I mean it was instant. Everything was instant. So but tight edges it had a meaning. Tight edges is it is simple as plain, you know. I always use the straight razor. Um, I never push the edge up back. And, and if I did, you'll never know, you know, but um, I mean, we all make mistakes, all barbers make mistakes. I'm not perfect. You know, I just want to be the best barber that I can be. Make no mistake about it, you wouldn't have been in business for so long to be in no Yes, sir, yes, sir, definitely, definitely. Was there anybody specifically that inspired you to, to pick up Clippers? Yeah, my dad. My dad used to mess my head up. Like, <laughs> real, real, man, he was like, he the out of the yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, eight, nine years old, I got this bowl cut. I mean, and people know, really, dog, really, I had a bowl cut. Like, and I was like, like, it pops, man, let me, can I, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I knew by the time I was 14, I had the neighborhood on my porch, you know, and, and cutting, the, cutting the hair, and it it, it 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 was it was beautiful, you know. But I, I he was like, yeah, here, you know, you understand. And I understood at that point that I was gonna have a lot of bald heads. I knew I knew there's gonna be a lot of bald heads. By the time I got to high school, my my senior year in high school, and and this is understandable. In my my freshman year of high school in '84, I was doing designs in '84. That stuff Big Daddy Kane used to do, I had Mickey Mouse in the back of my head and all that Come stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get into mindset because you've had a lot of challenges. You, you've dealt with a lot of different things, uh, being incarcerated a couple of times, and, and you've made it out. And you made it out in a big way. You're very successful. We're going we're gonna to touch on more of the um, initiatives that you've got going on and that mm -hmm. you've had going on. but. What type of mindset does an individual need to have to overcome the type of adversities that, that you've had to endure and overcome? Um, I, I, I will say this first. Um, everybody is not like me. And, and everybody, I, I used to try to get people to think like me. But I understand that everybody, everybody can't think like me. Everybody can't move like me. My mindset was... Even though, and, and I still say it today, even though I'm a convicted felon, I can do what I want to do. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to be this statistic, you know, you can't do this because you're a convicted felon. Do you feel like a lot of convicted felons use that as an excuse maybe? Uh, yes, sir. I do. I do believe that because, and, and, and I'm an example. I mean, the only, the only in Texas and in my life, the only issue I have ever had was getting a residence and when I moved to Texas I did a lot of different things to be able to get a residence and and, and hide that the fact that I was a convicted felon so let's pull back the curtain on that uh, you're talking about a hustle mentality yeah you got to have um, that mentality what what did you do uh, you know legally um, mm -hmm. to make sure that you had a place to stay Make sure that you have, you know, a little change in your pocket. Make sure that you can start to, to fund your dream. Um, legally, I, um, I created a uh, tax ID number, and I used the tax ID number as my social security number. Now, was, how did you know to do that? Did, was that something? Like, what did you pick that you, up? You, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you learn, yeah. You learn. Yeah, you got free time. You got some free time. You crack some books. Yeah, and, and listen, man, in the fair joint, it, fair joint is like college for criminals and you go to state joints you, you know everybody want to be banging and, and stuff like fair joint is like you can go in and get a doctorate in criminal criminality and, and it's it's crazy 
but you learn all of those secrets. So I learned, I, just real quick, because the, the person I learned from is, is, is important. There was a guy, and I don't know if y'all ever remember that, there was a guy years ago that went to the Fed joint for taking a penny a day off of millions of bank accounts. And I don't know if y'all remember that, but he went, he had a computer set up at home, big computer stuff set up, and he, for eight hours a day, that was his job, to take a penny a day off of every account that he could for eight hours. That's gonna add up to a lot of A lot money. of money. And nobody misses a penny. Yeah, nobody misses Nobody's missing a penny. Extra tax somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. So he had all the access to all of these accounts, and he's the person that told me that. Cause, and I'm I'm sitting down with this guy because to me he's the smartest dude that's, here. That's ingenious. Yeah, like it, what? It's criminal, but it is ingenious. It is right. So, um, he is the person that told me, you know, how to hide myself and how to um, secure myself in, in certain things. Um, so I did that, and um, when I when I moved to Texas, I used my tax ID number and got an apartment. Now, and I haven't used that that tax ID number since because what I've begun to believe in more and more is that whatever I'm going to go through, God is going to have my back. So I would just literally tell people, listen, man, I'm a convicted felon, and but I really need this house or I really need this apartment. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and yeah, I cut, yeah, I run my own business, so on and so forth. And, and, and when you tell people the truth, the two landlords that I dealt with since I've been in Texas have been the only other than the apartment that I lived in. I lived in a house, three landlords, but I lived in a house and I lived in an apartment in, in Arlington and um, I live where I live now. And I told those people, listen, man, I'm a convicted felon. And when you tell them the truth and he said, well, you know what I like because you, both of them, I like that you told me the truth. Everybody else lied on the application. I'm going to give it to you just because you told me the truth. But they say the truth will set you set free. Set you free. It set you yeah, free. Every you know. Time. So. So, you're here in Texas. You're back on the hustle again. You're cutting hair. When did you? Because we're because we're sitting in your establishment now. Yeah. Beautiful, distinct gentleman. When did Thank you, you have the, the the vision for it? Like there had to be a light bulb moment of it. What was the mechanism that triggered all of what we're sitting in now? I was in retirement. My son had graduated from school. Um, from high school and, and um, I was at home chilling out. Um, Astute Gentleman actually the original name was called the Gentleman's Lounge the Gentleman's Spa Lounge and um, I wrote that business plan in 2005 while I was in Tight Edges and um, when I, I was in retirement I said I'm not going to cut hair no more I'm done I tried out a few, I don't know. I, I didn't know. I had some money for, I actually was getting ready to move to Hawaii. And I just, you know, I was, I was, I started a little car stereo. That's another little side thing that I do. Um, I started a car stereo uh, shop with a guy named Crazy Hair. He used to build boxes. And he was like the genius box builder. And um, I was driving down the street one day. I was, I was on my, I remember the day like it was, like it just happened five minutes ago. I was on my way to Wichita Falls and um, God said to me, just like we're talking right now, said to me, you know you're not done yet. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Because you knew who was talking. Yeah, I knew. I said, well, what, what am I supposed to do? So on my way back from Wichita Falls, I get a call because I'm like, hey, he said, go back to school. I'm like, how am I supposed to go back to school, you know? So I get a call about the new Obama uh, care, something that Obama had done with the student loans. So the guy said, well, if you give us $250 right now, you'll be able to go to school in October. I pulled over on the highway, gave him my credit card information. And no sooner than I gave him my credit card information, when I got back into Arlington, I went back to school. I went and re-enrolled in school at Paul Mitchell. And sure enough, she saw it in the system that I'll be able to go back to school in October. Gotcha. So when I realized that was happening, 
all of a sudden astute gentleman come and it, again it wasn't astute gentleman i changed the name after i graduated from school because i wanted something different something that people would grasp a hold of something yeah something that in the word astute is not an often used word so in the word astute is the the alpha of extraordinary or distinguished or when you think of those words astute is the the top astute is all of those things because each one of those words means something different but astute means all of those things so um astute i was sleeping on it slept on it fell asleep on it and um i uh once I I woke up in the middle of the night and and I said I said to my ex-wife, astute gentleman, barber and cigar lounge, and she said yes 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 and we both went back to sleep, and that was it, you know. And astute gentleman was exactly exactly what what we said it was, you know. And, and we we rolled on that. I rolled on it, and. It, it, it just happened. God really, really, you know, made it happen, you yeah. know. For those listening, we, again, we are live. We're recording this episode at the Astute Gentleman uh, Barber Cigar Lounge. That's 14223 Inwood Road in Farmers Branch, Texas. Zip code is 75244. Uh, book your appointments online, is that correct? Yes, sir. Book at AstuteGentleman.com. Come here and get a, get a great steak while you get your, your hair cut, shave, Whiskey. beard trim, all, all, the all that. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. You know, what's interesting about your story, Jeff, and we're not done yet, which is really even more so incredible, is that you have this ability to reinvent yourself time and time again. Yes. You consistently show the ability to morph, to uh, adapt and change, um, and, and roll with the punches, so to yeah. speak. Uh, which shows an incredible amount of intelligence to be able to, I mean, you talked about uh, having your own stereo shop. Yeah. Um, you know, you've had multiple um, uh, barbershops. Barber now you've got a, and we'll, we'll touch on this here in a little bit, but now you've got a barbershop with a cigar spot in the back, you know. Um, it's just incredible to see how much you've overcome right. and what you've been able right. to do. So we, we typically don't talk to, our, our visionaries are a little bit older, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, folks that are possibly looking to transition out of specific careers, right. maybe become an entrepreneur. But I want to take a different approach with you today. I want you to talk to those that have been convicted, those that have a, a, a strike on their record, because you embody hope. Right. What is your message to those folks? Don't be, um, don't claim the victim. You know, especially whether you've done something or not, the F is for functioning, and you got to be able to function. You're not a felon; you're a functioning person. You got to be able to move and roll with the punches. You got to be able to, uh, and 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 if you did a lot of time, you should have took your time and studied and find out what you can do and what you can't do, and. There is no such thing of what you can't do. There's people that are trying to hold you back. And then you just know not to mess with those people. You know, you're, you, you're, you're an obstacle. I'm going to go around you and I'm going to talk to the guy in front of you or the guy behind you or the guy that's willing to help people like me. You know, what's interesting is that in, in all of your stops, whether it's uh, Florida, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Texas, Texas, what have you, you've been a seeker of knowledge, right? All um, the time. And I think a lot of people want to ask questions, but don't know the right questions to ask. Right. What do you say um, to those folks that are hungry and, and have that true desire, but don't know how to go about getting it? Well, when, when, you, when, you, when you're hungry, you'll eat anything. A lot of people that are starving, people that are starving will eat anything. When you're hungry, you select what it is that you want to eat, and you go and you go and get it, and you eat. So you have to be selective about the people that you deal with. You have to be selective about the things that you do. You have to be select selective about your surroundings. 
who you hang with, how you hang with them, how much time you spend with them. You got to you got to be selective of what you absorb from those people. You know, I mean, some people just have a negative aura. And I, I don't want those people around me. I can't stand negative. Hey, man, come on. It's time for you to go, man. I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want to be around you. Have a good day. I get negative people come in here to get a haircut. And man, this and that. What if this? What if that? What if that? I want to get them people in and out. Because I'm cool with you coming to do business with me, but I, I don't want the aura. You don't want it on me. I don't want it on me. Yeah, I don't want it on me. So you got to always keep a positive perspective. Understand that for every, for every negative, there's a positive. You so, know. We're sitting in your shop, beautiful place. Thank you. Shout out to you on the renovations too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The wall Last down? time we thank were you. here, you know, we, we that were was crazy. construction. We walked walked in this evening. It was like, hey, Jeff has done some work in here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So outside of your skill with the Clippers, because obviously you wouldn't be doing what you've done for this amount of time without being skilled. What makes the astute gentleman, for lack of a better phrase, not your average barbershop? Um, one, um, everything I did here, remodeling. Um, everything you see here, I did myself. I, I, outlets, wall paneling, demolition, I built my own humidor. Um, everything here, I use my own money, no loans, no nothing. Um, everything I've done here is my own blood, blood sweat, and tears. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 20 toes. If it was two of me, <laughs> you know, but but sometimes and, and I used to say, I'm like, man, if, it's, if it was two of me, we'd be in trouble. We'd be trouble around here. But um, I just love what I do. I, I see the vision. I ask God to give me the vision. I see it. I do it. And I'm done, you know, and, and now at the point I'm at now, <clears throat> this is the five, the fifth year anniversary again. And I remodeled this, and this is where I'm going. I'm rolling with this all the way out. Hey, by the way, happy anniversary to you. Sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We're coming up on a year as well in regards to releasing episodes, and so we just felt like this was the time to get it knocked out. Yeah, happy anniversary to y'all, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much appreciated. By the way, if you're tuning in still, make sure you go ahead and hit that like button as well as the subscribe button and share it with a friend. Um, here with Jeff, man, what an amazing story it's been thus far. And we talked about you taking advantage of, of opportunities in the, even in the middle of a, uh, a drowned trotting season, right? Um, here we are in the midst of COVID, COVID-19, the pandemic. We're starting to open things back up, but the last time that we were here, you um, didn't have all this back here. Well, you had it, but it didn't look like this. Yeah, yeah. So I want, to talk, I want you to talk about taking advantage of an opportunity um, and how you, you know, really gave this place a facelift on the interior. <laughs> well, I, I didn't sit down. I never sat down. Um, I never stayed home. When they were telling people to stay home, I was still moving and shaking. Um, for, for a moment, I was still cutting hair. And um, until they said, you know, you're going to lose your license if you get caught. So I had to, you know, finished I just decided to finish doing what I was doing to finish my remodel do some marketing um, I threw a couple of virtual DJ parties you know you got to do things to stay relevant <clears throat> be innovative yeah yeah so exactly yeah but we not we know we don't gave her enough shout outs <laughs> we don't gave her enough shout outs man we're not gonna give her no shout outs cut her cut her completely off but you know I don't. I didn't. I, I didn't sit down. I couldn't sit down. You know, and, and this 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 stigma that that people have about black people, where, you know, if you make weed legal, it's just gonna make them la make them lazier. You give people time off, they just gonna sit at home and do nothing. And a lot of people did. A lot of some people have gotten better. Yeah, some people have gotten better, and some people have gotten worse. And that's and, really been our message throughout this entire pandemic is. Use this time to get better. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no reason why you can't come out of this stronger and better than you were, you know, before this, you know, seven, eight weeks ago, however long it's been for you. Yeah, why, why is it that you can bleed on the floor, but you can't bleed off onto people? So take the time and take the opportunity to bleed onto people instead of bleeding on the floor, because on the floor, it just get mopped up and they throw some bleach on it, it don't exist no more. Mm. 
you know but if you if you bleed on to a person that person absor absorbs that and this is a it's a metaphor but that person absorbs that and he understands that if and, and i always say if i can do it if anybody should be able to do it yeah any anybody there's no such word as can't if jeff davis can do it because i've been through a lot of things and i know people that go through things and i tell them hey man say man that's not don't worry about that somebody's Look, always got it worse yeah somebody's always got it worse i'm not the greatest i've been through a, a number of things but I, I come through it doesn't make me the greatest it just make me a guy that can come through and i want people to understand that you got to be able, you got to be able to come through not just because i did but i'm here to teach you and show you how you can so you don't have to suffer anymore A lot of people don't want to share because they feel like it's a waste of time. And I am I am one of those people that I've decided where to share instead of and who to share with instead of sharing with people. Instead of, so when I was at Paul Mitchell, um, there was approximately 300 students at the school. And I made the statement that 80% of you people are not going to make it in the barber and cosmetology business. They got mad at me when I said that, but it was a true statement. First of all, I've been doing this for a number of years, and a lot of y'all don't cut it. School was a breeze for you. Yeah, school was a breeze for me. Well, you know what? I take that back. School wasn't a breeze for me because I was there with a bunch of teenagers. I'm 40 years old, and there were kids. You know, I was like, ah, this is... but. Understand, you got to understand that, and, and life is this way. A large percent of people are not going to make it in life. And I'm, I'm not talking about living, I'm talking about life, life situations. People are going to bump their head and they're going to call concussion. I got a concussion, I can't do this. You know, people will twist their ankle and go sit up with their foot up all day for two or three years. And it's just a twist. You know, you ain't even tried to walk. You know, so you gotta have you gotta have the ability to, to come back, bounce back. Love, love I love cutting hair and smoking fat ass cigars. Yes. You know. Yes, sir. So it's it's not it is life. I'm doing what I love to do. And yes, I have issues. Yes, I go through things like everybody, like everybody else does. But do you bounce back? Do you take the I don't care attitude or do you take the I do care attitude and you keep pushing? You know? I love the fact that you talk about, you know, keep pushing. Um, you've got a number of things that you're pushing in terms of different events or activities that you've got going on. Um, you know, when, we, when I walked in today, you were hosting your own show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Barbershop Talk with Jeff and Frey um, is, is something that I was doing a couple of years ago by myself. And, you know, you get, you as you do things by yourself, you'll get, you'll learn to understand that you need a team. Like, y'all need a team. Y'all need each other. You know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all two guys work good together. I've seen your shows. I see what you do. And, not to say that you can't do it by yourself, but it's better to do it with each other. Sure. You know, so I stopped doing it. I joined forces with a person that boohoo, whatever, you know, and, and I keep moving. And I joined forces with my man Frey. And uh, Frey is, a, is an artist, man. He, he does, he, 
all of this painting around here that you see in my lounge, a true, uh, true artist. He's a true artist. So Frey, Frey is my guy, man, and he's been working with me, and we've been doing this thing. We on our third episode now, and uh, so yeah, we. Welcome to the show, Frey. Uh, yeah, welcome up? to the show, Frey. What's going on, y'all? Glad to move your glass. Glad to be here. I'm sorry. Absolutely. We get that out the way. Yes. For those of you listening and or watching, when you come into the astute gentleman, you will see beautiful pieces of artwork that come straight from the hands of Frey. Appreciate it. Beautiful pieces of artwork. Thank you, brother. So um, I walk in, you know, getting ready to do the interview, and these two brothers are, are really bringing some heat, talking about a lot of good things. Jeff's got this set up. First time that we're using it, and I want to give a quick shout out to Switcher. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, Switcher, <laughs> Switcher Studios, man. Hey, Switcher well, Studios. I, I appreciate this too, yeah. man, because uh, this is fun playing around with. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I walk in and I, and I see, you know. Jeff and Frey, and they, they, they've got a good vibe going on and everything that he said. And so, um, I, I, Frey, I want to bring you in on the show, kind of talk about what you guys are, are, are doing on your show. Well, um, as my man Jeff said, we started uh, Barbershop Talk. When I met Jeff, he already had he already had the podcast thing jumping already. So, you know, uh, I just kind of sat back in the cut and watched how he did it, and I ended up joining him and another situation with the podcast thing and you know as it fizzled out you know jeff just kind of pulled my coattail it was like hey yo it don't have to stop here we can we can do it and one thing like as as i've listened in the interview with him that y'all spoke on that is true and i could vouch for it as well as y'all can is that jeff is a teacher and he'll see something in you and he'll pull it out he ain't gonna leave you behind if he sees it in you he gonna pull it out and so my man just said, hey, we can do it. Let's, let's just get together. We sat down, and that's how Barbershop Talk with Frey and Jeff came about. So so what is Barbershop Talk with Frey and Jay all about? Basically, Barbershop Talk. You know, when you go in your average barbershop, sometimes you you know how it is old school. You talk sports. You talk life. You talk um, business, current events. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just what it is. Um, the element of it that, that you saw today, since we're just three episodes in, we were at this table. But the true element of it is to capture a barber and an artist in dialogue with the people in this shop. So you're going to get, as the show progresses, God willing, you're going to see a whole lot of different people talking with us. You know, But like I said, the element that we thought would be cool, a lot. there's a few other barbershops podcast where they're basically just sitting in chairs but we decided to capture the element of him and his element me and mine so going on in the future you'll catch him over there talking and you'll catch me on this side painting mm. so you know that's that's kind of our thing so uh, now let me ask Jeff a question because before we got started these gigantic cans uh, were placed on the table before us yeah yeah Jeff can you speak about Odd Muse is is a, a beer company, a brewing company that I have uh, partnered with. Um, so when you come here to get a haircut, we we have taps, we have um, kegs in the refrigerator. I call it well, it's called a kegerator, and you have the kegs in the refrigerator. You walk up and you have beer. This Odd Muse is they have. They, they, they're a self-brewing company, and they have all kind of beers. Like if you just, you like beer, but you don't like the regular beer taste. So they have strawberry beer, cherry beer, orange beer, grapefruit beer, coffee, coffee beer, uh, Russian. This is a Russian stout. A Russian stout. And, and they make this. And it's amazing, too. By yeah, the way, I'm, I'm a definitely. big, big fan. Yeah, we, you see, we three cans in. Oh, for and, sure. And, yeah, and, it, and this, so I'll have this on tap. Um, and at, at any time, you if you like beer and you don't want to come and be in this cigar atmosphere and come get your haircut, you can go right around the Odd Muse. He has a huge lounge, and, and um, they sit there and, and, and drink drink beer and, and conversate. You know what's really cool about, and I talked a little bit about this earlier, how you uh, evolved and, and, and you changed with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting. One of the first times we, that we met, you told me. I am the first barbershop with a cigar, cigar lounge. lounge. Yes. And then you got the barbershop talk, 
Um, now you got beer in here on, on tap. I mean, you, you just constantly are reinventing yourself. You have to. In, in the barber industry, you have to. It's not just about haircuts. I tell people, if, you just, if you're just cutting hair, there's, a, there's an end to that. There's an end to that. You have to, because people are not always going to want to get their hair cut by you. So you have to create some uh, another way to draw attention. You know, really what you're doing is creating an experience. Yeah, Cause exactly. We've got folks in the back right now yeah. that, you know, aren't getting haircuts, but they're here chilling. They yeah. bought a stick. And your drinks are free. Complimentary. complimentary. Your drinks are complimentary. Yeah, you buy a stick, you come in here and drink. I don't want you to come in here and get drunk. You know, I want you to come in here and relax. Yeah, we need to be responsible. Yeah, you right. got to be responsible. responsible. Yeah. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, Mexican Creative, thank you so much. We appreciate all the help that you guys have given us. Uh, Robert Garcia, the Department of Insurance Agency family, Lewis, Texas, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again shortly. Uh, Edwina or EB, as we call her, and the family over at Blowing Smoke. Yeah, what's up, Edwina? We're seeing you very, very soon. Uh, and the good guys of uh, definition of cigars. What's up, what's up, uh, fellas? Congratulations to you guys on the release of your flavored sticks. You guys put a lot of pressure on everybody. We look forward to seeing y'all soon as well. Yeah, DC, y'all need to stop leveling up. Cause uh, yeah. you're hurting some feelings out here. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 hey, look. Shout out to the entire crew. Yeah, they doing their thing. They doing their thing, and I applaud those guys, man. Because, you know, however you do it, whatever you do, and however you do it, is is great that it gets done. It has to get done. Somebody's got to do it, and if somebody is doing it, why doesn't it have to be you? Why can't it be you? Preach. Well, speaking you know, of doing something, okay. uh, that was Star you talk to us about that. Dallas Cigar Week. You know what? I'm gonna bring my boy in because we, you know, I'm I'm a part of it. Um, listen to detail, Joffrey. I'm gonna bring my boy Joffrey in, and and he'll he'll give you a little more detail on on um, on Cigar Week, Dallas Cigar Week. I'm I'm a part of it, even though I'm a part of it. You know, I give him I give the ideas, but as far as speaking on it. I, I can't speak on it as well as he will. So, and I want to know before Joffrey gets, you know, settled in, because we're doing this live, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to you again. Yes, sir. Um, you know, where did this this idea of even having a, a cigar week kind of come from? Everywhere, you know, um, it's not being done here in Dallas. One, you, you know, know, we talked offline about this too. Right, right. So to we're be able, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not being done here in Dallas. It's being done everywhere but in Dallas. And Dallas is, is huge. So we, we deserve to have, our, to have our own. We deserve to have something here in Dallas. And, and it's been tried, you know, and, and, you know, bigger minds have come together and, and, and we're making it happen. You know, not, no disrespect to the guys that didn't make it happen. You know, they, you just couldn't make it happen. And, and no disrespect to them, but, you know, they're part of, you know, the cigar world like we are. Sure, you know, sure. So. so, Joffrey, welcome to the show, Vision Lab Podcast. Certainly glad to have you um, join us here in the lab. Uh, big ups to Jeff for, for bringing you on. So we want to talk about Dallas Cigar Week. Okay. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, Jeff just kind of told us the, the start of the origination point. Um, what's the vision for Dallas Cigar Week. So, like Jeff was saying, if you've ever traveled around with uh, the cigar world, period, uh, you know, you have Big Smoke Miami, Big Smoke Vegas, you have Atlanta Cigar Week, you have DC Cigar Week, hold Chicago on, on, Cigar Week. Jeffrey, man, cut it out with the voice, man. This is just talk, man. What, what are I'm you doing? talking, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> with, the DJ, with the DJ voice. So, um, honestly, uh, I do a big birthday bash every year, right, uh, for myself personally, and I do it here in Dallas. I've been doing it about 10, 11 years now. Uh, I usually rotate about 150 to 200 people in the town every year for my birthday, King Holiday Weekend. Uh, one of my best friends from college, uh, Jovan Riley, he's out of Atlanta, uh, he actually pitched the idea to me and was like, why can't you do this? Right. And, you know, I sat down with him. I, he showed me everything that was going on in Atlanta. And I told him, I was like, dude, 
that's a dope concept but that's you know I, I couldn't pull that off by myself he was like so you know people he was like everywhere you go you're doing exactly what they're doing for these cigar weeks you're going to a cigar spot you smoke you drink have a good time then you end it with a party and i was like yeah he was like so what's different about this yeah and i was like you know what dude you you make a you make a whole lot of sense about what you're doing right now uh so when the concept was born i just thought about people that i wanted to get with got like-minded people to be on the board with me naturally i came to jeff yeah you know entrepreneur barbershop cigar shop aficionados so it's like okay definitely got to get him on and then it's like uh three other members uh jeff jefferson is back there alfred wilson is a part of the club stephen brooks is a part of it uh and i wanted to get people involved that for lack of better words we're not looking to make money off of each other we're not looking to kill each other we're not you know off of financial gain or whatever it's like we genuinely have an interest in the leaf we genuinely have an interest in people being able to come out smoke party have a good time and actually promote dallas as a center as a hub as for yeah for what it is because i'm like you're looking at a city that's one of the largest cities in the, in america one of the fastest growing cities in america and it's like as far as cigar smoking is concerned that is a big venue f across the country so why not dallas is the question we asked each other you know uh, you have monte cristo and cigar international right here two of the largest you know competitors in the cigar game right now Monte Cristo takes their brand to Houston every year to do an event Houston has a cigar week we've actually sat down and talked to those guys that put this event on and they were actually looking at putting on the event here but you know we beat them to the punch it's like yo we got a couple of fellas we're together we're putting this event on we're trying to get people together and frequent these locations around the city and come out you know promote these small businesses because you have a lot of black owned businesses you have a lot of cigar shops this isn't a black owned event this is a cigar smokers event so we want to bring everybody out just to enjoy the city and see how dallas does it now the caveat to it is we didn't just do it for Dallas. We actually own the rights to Dallas Cigar Week and DFW Cigar Week. So as this grows, we grow. So it's all about the participation, right? So as people get involved with it and show interest in it, this only expands, it gets bigger. And we're just trying to put Dallas on the map for a city to come to and, and visit and enjoy what we do every day. Like, this is what we do. That's what's up, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and one more time on the week. It's August 4th through August 9th. So if we have a website. The website should be available here in two weeks. The only reason it's delayed right now is because of the COVID pandemic right now. Uh, but things are still in the background. We're still working. We're still meeting. Uh, the reason we're here tonight, this is our meeting night, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jeff had the podcast and the interview, right. and we didn't, you know, we didn't know about it. But hey, we we appreciate you guys coming out. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show to sure. talk about it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's an event that's going down. We we kind of centered it around the beginning of the football season. Naturally, we can't compete with the Cowboys and yeah, everything else is going. Say that. On. Say that again. That, Wait a minute, hold up, time out. Let me turn. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. bang bang <laughs> niner gang. <laughs> bang bang niner gang. But you know uh, uh if you pay attention to the dates, it coincides with the beginning of preseason football. So we were tying it in to say, hey, this is a kickoff for naturally the end of the summer going into the fall. Right. Uh good week to have it. Uh, we're actually reaching out to the city of Dallas to get behind us and try to get a proclamation for it so it can become a yearly event. We own the rights to the event, so Makes it's sense. something that, you know, even with the pandemic coming on, you know, if 2020 turns out to be 
100 to 200 people or just local people coming out to support it, that's great. But just know that within the next two to five years, it's going to be bigger. Oh, it's going to pop for sure. I yeah. Have yeah, no doubt. Certainly appreciate you jumping into the lab to talk about it. We're excited about it. Um, now it's time to kind of land the plane. All right. So we ask everybody these two questions. I got the first one. We're sitting at a round table just like the one we're in front of right now, mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. It's you and five other people. Who are those five other people? Can be dead or alive? The only stipulation to it is you can't have, you know, Jesus at the table. So we're sit next to you. Can't have Jesus at the table. Um, five people at the table one of course will be me you already already five five other people Uh, my dad um, my uncle James he's passed away my dad's twin brother Uh, Jay Z Um, Oprah Winfrey Hmm. Oprah Winfrey uh, one more Think about this. It's gonna be. This might be a party, so you gotta have some entertainment in there now. Richard Pryor. Ooh. Ooh. Have, have we had that? No, we're coming up on a year, and you're the first person to say Richard Pryor. Yeah. I'm proud of you. We get Oprah, we get Jay Z, we get The Rock, and right. obviously other great people. But you're the first person to say Richard Pryor. Right. Yeah. Richard Pryor is. Um, he's that guy that people should think about when you think about people that been drugged through the mud you know and and dead or alive they just still drag that guy through the mud hmm. and and he's still when you think about the top five comedians he's still number one or two all this time he's still number one or two yes sir yes sir so he's that guy for me because my work speak for itself. Love that. And and being drugged through the mud and being through the thing, the things that I've been through, I I, I push through. He he happened to make his funny. I'm not a comedian. I, I'm not a comedian. Now I can make fun of some of the things that I've done and I do all the time, but I I, I just I, I I can appreciate that because you again you got to make a positive out of a negative. Love that. All right, so. Before we uh, uh, land this plane, I've got two more questions for you. But before we do that, I want to ask you, uh, how can our visionaries get a hold of Jeff and Astute Gentleman? Astute Gentleman, Barber and Cigar on Instagram. Uh, Astute Gentleman on Facebook. Jeffrey, the world-class barber on Facebook. Uh, The world-class barber, Davis. Um, AstuteGentleman.com. Uh, Jeffrey, world class barber on LinkedIn. Book your appointments ASAP. Yeah, book your appointments ASAP. He, do, he does good work. He does good work. I do walk ins one time, period. One time. And you pay an extra $5 because you walked in. Yeah. So, I mean, take it how you want it. Um, yeah, or you can call me at 972 674 9662. All right. Jeffrey World Class Barbara Davis. There it is. All right. So, um, certainly appreciate you opening up your fine establishment to us. Thank you. As Thank we you. Uh, land this plane, um, I've got one final question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, what, now, in, in today's days, in case you didn't know, we have a, a time machine, so, right. okay? So, what would today's version of Jeffrey be telling himself from five years ago? What advice would he be giving himself? No, that's a no, that's a good one. I like that question. That the simple answer is the thing that I've been telling myself for twenty five years. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. There's more to do. All right. You know. Now we're gonna make you five years older. Okay, so forgive us. You got you're five years older now. What would the older version of Jeff what advice would he be giving you today? Make sure you do what it is that God has for you to do. Make sure you get, when you get here at 55, make sure you have done everything that God would have for you to do. Make sure you use all your talents, all the gifts. Make sure you use those. Whatever those are, make sure you use those. I love that. I love that. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
it's been an honor to, to, to chop it up with you here in your establishment. Um, to all of our visionaries that are still tuning in, remember each one of our guests are dropping nuggets on the trail of life, and it's really up to you to pick them up on your journey. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. The voice you've been listening to uh, for the last um, probably close to an hour is Jeffrey, the world-class Barbara Davis. Good day, student gentlemen, and we'll see you next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast.